Tonight at 11, why a popular condiment, one you probably use every day, might actually contain a flesh-eating megaparasite. We'll tell you which one tonight, at some point in the newscast. You'll have to wait and see. You is a very fluid concept right now. It's culture and film and art. It's music and interesting books. It's conversations and eavesdroppings. It's the impact of friends and complete strangers. The stuff that gets into the cracks of your life and makes you who you are. It's an attention collection. You already have one. The question is, how are you using it? Hey friends, so I am happy to report the latest issue of Popular Mechanics just arrived at my house. And the weird thing is, I don't remember ever subscribing to Popular Mechanics, but it just keeps showing up every couple of months. Maybe someone gifted me a subscription. And listen, if that someone is you, thank you. I'm holding the magazine right now, and it's this minimal orange and white cover, and there are three headlines describing the articles I'll find if I choose to open it up. Here are the headlines. The Science of Making Alcohol-Free Beer, page 10. The Air Force Secretly Designed, Built, and Flew a New Fighter Jet, page 12. And Why the First Settlers on Mars Will Die There, page 22. Well, that escalated quickly. For fun, I like to imagine these three headlines. Instead of being separate, they're really just sections of one long article, and it goes as follows. A group of military scientists were working late in the lab one night, finalizing their breakthrough formula for a new, better-tasting, alcohol-free beer designed to boost morale for the troops whilst keeping them sober and vigilant at all times. And one of these scientists hears some commotion in the adjacent warehouse, which is strange because it's just a storage facility for decommissioned aircrafts. Or is it? Inquisitive by trade, this scientist decides to investigate further. And when she enters the apparently abandoned building, what she discovers is both wonderful and unsettling. Beyond the old bomber jets and long-grounded aircrafts, in the center of the room, our scientist spots something almost otherworldly. It looks like something out of a sci-fi film. It's an aircraft, that much is clear. But it looks, well, alien. Sparks are flying from what appears to be a welder of some kind, which coincidentally lights up a decal on the side of the craft. It's hard to make out at first, but eventually she's able to squint out two words. Space Force. It turns out, a new branch of the Air Force has been preparing for a mission to Mars. They've been scouting out the first settlement there. Not a human settlement, no. The first settlers on the Red Planet are extraterrestrial, and the Space Force is headed there to launch an attack, to strike them before they strike us. And for the rest of this story, you'll have to read the next issue of Popular Mechanics. No, but seriously, if anyone's interested in making that movie, hit me up. Let's Netflix original this thing.
All right, so full disclosure, that little segue has absolutely nothing to do with the point of this episode. But look, sometimes it's just fun to go down rabbit trails. But let's get back on task. Let's look at the three headlines in their original context. The science behind alcohol-free beer, military secrets, and why you don't want to be in the first group to settle on Mars. You just don't want to sign up for that one. Hit the next one. Go the next time around. But why did the editors at Popular Mechanics put these three headlines on the cover? They could have chosen anything else from any of the other articles. The first answer is that they certainly didn't do it for me. Remember, I'm already a subscriber. They got my money long ago. Well, they got some generous mystery person's money. I didn't pay a penny, but that's beside the point. Thanks again, by the way, whoever you are. They put those headlines on the cover for the person in the magazine section at the grocery store, scanning the shelves for something interesting enough to necessitate a purchase. And since they're a magazine about science and technology, they don't tend to put sexy people on their covers. So they had to resort to a different kind of provocative. And what provokes people more than pictures of sexy people? Fear and the avoidance of death. And in this issue, Popular Mechanics killed two birds with one stone. The military keeping secrets from us, you don't say. And why the Mars crew is on a crash course with doom. It's like candy on a shelf. Now, to be fair, the actual article is slightly less ominous. I know because I checked. But that's not the point. The point is to get you to buy and then read. It's the same reason the 11 o'clock news teasers always sound like this. Tonight at 11, learn how local cops may be stealing information from your cell phone. The mysterious high-tech device that allows police to track your every move. They need us to stay up past bedtime to help them pay the bills. But they know that's not going to happen if they say something like, five reasons you should get to bed before 11. I talk a lot on this podcast about the things that shape us, all the inputs that inform and form us. And I think headlines and our response to them should be a part of that conversation. It reveals a lot about the things that drive us, our susceptibility to influence, the mechanics behind the whole thing. Stuff captures our attention all the time. Something catches our eye or causes our ears to perk up, and the next thing we know, we're down a rabbit hole of information we had no idea we even cared about. Isn't that fascinating? What happens when we take a step back to inspect this process as it plays out? It gives us a window into our nature, but it also creates an opportunity to steal a little agency back. When you're scrolling, what kind of stuff stops you? What causes you to pause? Are you someone who tends to click on the world is burning headlines? If so, listen, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Fear and risk avoidance is part of our humanity. It's natural to want to know how our lives or the lives of other people might be in danger. But when we see behind the curtain, when we notice ourselves perking up at something like this, we notice also our ability to choose. And strangely enough, that's not always obvious because we easily just blindly follow compulsion. So there's a gift to be found in asking ourselves, why did I pick this up? Why did I click that link? 
What does that reveal about me? We know what it reveals about some publications. We know what it says about clickbait, but what does it actually say about me? And please understand, this isn't some attack on the media. I'm grateful for the people putting themselves on the front line of important issues and then just showing up to share what they've found. Sometimes stirring up fear is actually the only way to keep people safe. If I'm in California and breaking news cuts in to tell me to get out before I'm overtaken by a wildfire, that's not clickbait or manipulation. That's a service to humanity. If someone on the front lines of a local or a global threat issues a sober warning about our need to take precaution, or even if they break down the situation in grim detail, that's not fear-mongering. It's a lifeline. And I'm also not even trying to attack marketers or copywriters for doing their jobs. What I am saying is once we know where our buttons are located, they're not as easy to push. We can better decide which rabbit holes we want to descend into. It helps us discover more about ourselves. It gives us questions to explore. Why am I so fearful about this? Or why am I so much less fearful than others about that? Both questions are equally important. Where are my hidden insecurities? What is the stuff that riles me up? What is the stuff that exposes my own neurosis? And what is the stuff I just don't care about? It doesn't rattle me. It doesn't even necessitate a response. I'll answer these questions for you tonight at 11.